Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production of Gorecom, in which we speak to small pack executives about what's going on at their companies. With us today, we're happy to have him for the first time ever, Dr. Raul Kushwa. He's Chief Operating Officer and Director of Predict Medics, trades on the CSC and the stock symbol PMED, PMED, and for our friends in the US, PMED F on the OTCQB. For those new to the story, that's going to be a lot of you. Look, you know that we love disruptive tech. We think it's going to be the theme in small cap for this decade. It's going to create an enormous amount of wealth uh, for small cap investors over the next 10 years. Predict medics, what do they do? Layman term. Predict medics is what happens when you combine artificial intelligence with contactless screening to detect viruses, impairment, and even mental illness. So as you can guess, they're an artificial intelligence company and they've developed contactless screening devices that detect these kind of things for mass amounts of people. What they do, what's great about their technology is they determine the probability of a person being infected so that safety protocols can be initiated. Why is that important? The problem is that temperature guns don't help detect COVID-19, amongst other things. But in this case, talking about COVID-19, I'm going to give you a quote from the World Health Organization who said, thermal scanners are effective in detecting people who have a fever, i.e. have a higher than normal body temperature. They cannot detect people who are infected with COVID-19. PMED screamers, uh, screeners are fully auto automated, intelligent, and they don't need personnel to operate them. Uh, so we're going to talk about that because they've got incredible third-party validation to prove it. Dr. Kushwa, welcome to the show. Thanks, George. It's a pleasure being on the show. Glad to have you. You guys are doing some amazing things. Uh, uh, what I really love about your company is that you've got great third-party validation that we're going to talk about. Because really, at the end of the day, investors don't know how your artificial intelligence uh, measures up versus Georgecom AI solutions. They really don't have that. They really don't have that ability. So you guys have got great third-party validation amongst other things. Before we dive into the business, big picture, how big of a role are artificially intelligent driven scanners, detection devices going to play in our future lives from here on out? So when it comes to AI, I mean, a lot of people talk about AI these days, but the reality is how many are actually commercializing it? In many instances, it turns to, into an academic pursuit, but for predict medics, we are actually commercializing these solutions. So look at the markets we are going after. We talk about workplace health and safety, universal global problem that we are addressing, whether it's impairment or infectious diseases. Um, at the same time, we're taking our technology even further to disrupt the healthcare sector. And together, when we talk about these sectors, I mean, it's a market opportunity, which is worth hundreds and billions of dollars. And with Predict Medics, we are at the forefront of this revolution and moving forward, it's all about commercializing and moving forward with these technologies. Well, it certainly seems like you guys are, have attracted the attention of some of the biggest companies in the world. Uh, uh, you've partnered with Tech Mahindra, that's a multi-billion dollar company with Fortune 500 clients. They want to be the first to roll out your technology uh, and resell Predict Medics uh, to their entire client base after uh, a successful pilot. So let's talk about the kinds of companies and environments you see uh, using Predict Medics, uh, your, your safe entry stations, for example. So when we talk about safe entry stations, I mean, the same station can be used for, let's say, infectious disease screening, or it can be used for impairment. 
So it really boils down to the environment we are talking about. So, uh, I mean, just over the last weekend, we had our technology rolled out at some of the biggest Super Bowl parties in Tampa Bay. And there the focus was all around COVID-19 and infectious disease, because clearly in that scenario, you do not want to identify impaired people because probably everyone was impaired. (laughs) But on the flip side, when we talk about the oil and gas sector, energy, or any workplace environment where you have heavy use of machinery, then along with infectious diseases, the concern is also cannabis and alcohol impairment. And that's where our technology comes to the forefront. I chuckle there only because of this famous video of Tom Brady yesterday getting off his boat after the Super Bowl parade. And he was definitely impaired. So he would have had your scanner just <laughs> just blowing up. Uh, I'm fascinated a little bit uh, about the technology. So, I mean, the we see the images we've got and we've, uh, we've had him playing on here during this interview. Um, you know, you walk these, you walk through these beautiful machines, they're contactless, they're fast. In layman's terms, how does it work? Is it, does it look at my face? Does it take my temperature and put that all together and say, Hey, this guy's impaired, or he's got, he's got a high probability of being infected with a virus. I'm fascinated by in layman's terms, if you kind of give us that overview, how does it work? So uh, to put it simply, what we are using is actually a lot of multispectral imaging and sensors, which are going in these safe entry stations. And as people are walking through, we are, uh, in a way, we are looking at their underlying physiology, which is skin deep. And it's more based on those physiological parameters that the algorithms have been trained on identifying whether it's symptoms of infectious diseases or impairment. And that's where the decision comes out. And one of the other points that I really want to clarify is that we are not using facial recognition technology. In other words, when someone is walking through these safe entry stations, we are not identifying who that person is because that's facial recognition. What we are doing is we are scanning people's faces. We are scanning their, uh, well, their bodies. We are scanning their voices. And it's about deciphering the underlying physiology to make an assessment of whether uh, they are impaired or whether they are exhibiting signs of infectious diseases. Well, and clearly you've proven to the world, uh, given uh, we, we mentioned Tech Mahindra, we're gonna talk about others, that your technology works really, really incredibly well or they wouldn't be lending your name, their names to you. Uh, what kind of, during your R&D testing, beta phase and so on and so forth, what kind of accuracy uh, were you guys finding? Ballpark, I'm asking you to cite specific numbers, but what kind of ballpark actually were you guys, were you guys finding? So, uh, so again, when we are talking about impairment, if you look at the test data that we have worked with, the accuracy that we are sitting at is actually over 85%. And uh, at the same time now, when you look at just alcohol breathalyzers, uh, the false positive rate actually tends to be around 25%. So uh, if we just compare those numbers, yeah, exactly. And the other point that I'll indicate there is, and again, this just comes down to the deployment we had at the Super Bowl parties, I mean, Fox News, they did uh, run a little clip on it where uh, the organizers of the party, they were like, oh, look at these scanners. They were able to identify people who were flagged. And next thing you know, when they went to a rapid antigen test, they turned out to be positive for COVID-19. That's powerful. I got to tell you, that's 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 unbelievable. So um, assuming... You know, a lot of people say, okay, vaccines are coming out now. I don't think they're the panacea, but we got to address this. Clearly, they're not going to be the panacea everybody thought they were going to be. Uh, but assume we get beyond the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, what sort of demand do you see for the safe entry stations going forward? 
So the safe entry station is essentially in hardware which is connecting to our AI algorithms. And that algorithm can be impairment, it can be infectious disease or anything else that we may want to work on in the future. But looking at the landscape right now, I mean, first and foremost, it seems like vaccines are not going to put an end to COVID-19. No. I mean, the reality is COVID-19 is going to be endemic and probably will have bouts of COVID-19 every year, just kind of like what we see with influenza. But what this has done is this has brought the whole concept of bringing in technology for workplace health and safety to the forefront. Now, companies are a lot more mindful. They understand that we need to incorporate technologies if we don't want a big hit economically. Because in the end, it's about creating these safe workplaces. And even if we talk about the infectious disease screening, I mean, we, okay, we are dealing with COVID-19 right now, but we deal with the flu pandemic every year. And that carries a huge economic burden. And along with that, we don't know what that next virus is going to be or what yes. other variants are going to arise with COVID-19. The good thing with our AI technology is that because it's deep learning, the algorithms actually fine tune themselves even as the virus is mutating. So it's not a question of, oh, what happens when the virus mutates into something else? Well, guess what? Our algorithm, they're learning actively. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, to your point, we're hearing the same thing from a lot of big, you know, we just happen to know a lot of people in the real estate space. And I mean, real estate uh, owners of multiple buildings, uh, big, big, uh, big, big enterprises. And they're all saying, look, covid may hopefully will go away sooner than later not go away will be under under control sooner or later but none of them want to ever be exposed to this possibility again they've barely survived this one and uh, one guy said the unfortunate fact is there's going to be another one is it going to be a month is it going to be a year is it going to be in a decade there's going to be another one we're going to be ready this is now part of our cost base. It's just part of our cost of doing business is we are going to have things like scanners, detectors, cleaning, all those things because they never want to be. And so uh, I definitely see a massive future beyond, uh, beyond, beyond COVID just for that reason. That's why I'm so excited about. about well, and, and I guess one of the parallels that we can always draw is, I mean, look at what happened in the U.S. after 9-11. I mean, metal detectors were not a commonplace before 9-11. Yep. And yep. what happened right after? Well, everywhere you go, you come across these metal detectors. Yeah, and you know what? They and you really don't. We know some at the beginning, but now they're just a part of life. And if hey, if all these things make us safer, I'm all for it. And I love the way your units look and the way they work. So let's talk about third-party validation again. Tech Mandra, you've got India's Paris Defense and Space Technologies. Uh, mm -hmm. You've you've got some great partners. One of them is uh, your partnership with Wellness for Humanity. Uh, how is that working? How does it work? And what's the scope of that of that partnership? Uh, so you look at Wellness for Humanity. I mean, uh, we actually have our unit deployed right across from Penn Station in New York City. And at the same time, uh, the Super Bowl opportunity actually came through Wellness for Humanity. And of course, they had our units all over their social media. Now, Wellness for Humanity is expanding immensely all over the U.S. And Safe Entry Stations is actually their partner. So everywhere they're going, they're taking a multi-step approach that the first barrier needs to be the safe entry stations. And then anyone who's flagged as positive, they undergo a rapid antigen test, which they supply as well. So, uh, I mean, looking at the, uh, the opportunity in the US, that's actually a really massive business opportunity we are talking about for Predict Medics. Now, how big is Wellness for Humanity? You know, you, it's not a household name, but obviously they're very, very, uh, they're, they're very influential. Um, 
again, I mean, these guys are very deeply ingrained into the sports and entertainment sector in the U.S. And um, a lot of it is probably evident from their social media handles. And uh, these guys definitely gather a lot of press wherever they go. I mean, for instance, we also had a deployment at uh, one of their uh, shops that they're setting up in Houston. At the Galleria Mall, right? Galleria Mall, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's what I like about that partnership with Wellness for Humanity. They're very high profile. Yeah. You know, you could you could have a partnership with Georgecom and that would be great. And you're, you know, and you and you put in the safe entry stations at a number of food service places or something like that. But you wouldn't be you wouldn't get the publicity out of it. Whereas Wellness mm -hmm. for Humanity, because these are high profile events, people are saying, Hey, what is this? Right. Yeah. Media are at these events. So I and that's why you said that you've already got some media coverage out of it. So beyond public events and retail, you're also looking to expand. Let's talk more about, it seems like there's a lot of effort on the, on behalf of the company going to the government and public sector in, in South Asia. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about those relationships because I love those. I mean, I already talked about Techmendra. Paris is big. I mean, how did you guys get these relationships and where are they going? Uh, so again, I mean, you look at a name like Paris Defense, they're one of the largest, largest defense companies based out of India. And they are a certified contractor to the government of India and the public sector in India. So their interest does not only lie in fabricating um, our units, but it's also about getting these units at all of these different places because that's where they make more money. So at the end of the day, I mean, it's really a mutually beneficial partnership where they fabricate our units. At the same time, they open a lot of these doors all over Asia in terms of getting our units into the public and the government sector. And along with that, with Tech Mahindra, I mean, you got to remember, Tech Mahindra is not a fabricator. So the partnership with Paris is actually quite strategic because they can actually fabricate the units and supply them to Tech Mahindra. About the same, they can they can do both the exact same time. Yeah. yeah. What kind of feedback are you hearing from both of those organizations when they're speaking? Because obviously, they're not just throwing this on the wall to see if it sticks. They've had conversations with their client base. They've had conversations with their target markets. What's the feedback? Uh, that they're hearing, that they're conveying to you? So uh, with Paris Defense, I mean, uh, they're extremely excited and they're actually taking the design even further. I mean, they're turning it into more of a futuristic element where you have these gateways that attach to these safe entry stations. So it's not just about someone passing and a red or a green light showing up. It's more about, you know what, if the person is being flagged red, the door's not going to open. Yeah, that's that, that, and that's something that you guys, that's not your expertise, yeah. but Paris doing that just makes the offering even stronger. Exactly, that's right. And you got to remember, for, for them to partner with us, I mean, it's not like they just woke up one morning and they're like, okay, we'll do something with PMED. I mean, these names, they only associate with you once they have their due diligence, they've done their due diligence, not just as far as PMED goes, but also in terms of understanding the market opportunity. And... Okay, and talk about market because I want to ask that question. I'm going to ask you about market opportunity, but first, correct me if my assumption is wrong here. But these are big organizations, all right? Uh, Tech Mahindra, we read off, you know, the the size of the organization. They don't enter into partnerships that don't move the needle, right? They don't say, okay, this is good. Uh, you know, we'll sell 50 of these units. They're not Georgecom. They're not some guy in Ontario who says, hey, if I can sell 10 of 20 of these units a year, it'd be a nice little add-on to my existing you know, business. Mm -hmm. These are big organizations. Yeah, I know you can't give projections, mm -hmm. right? Uh, not unless you press release at first, I guess. But how big of an opportunity 
are you potentially looking at with just these two partners alone, let alone who else might come down the road? I think for that, we just have to look at the kind of revenues that these companies generate, right? So uh, they're definitely seeing a much, much bigger market opportunity than uh, what anyone can envision. Uh, and that's part of the reason why they are working with us. So safe to assume that those markets, I mean, I mean, you've already got some penetration to, into the North American market, obviously, but it seems like that's where you're going to grow biggest and fastest first. Is that, is that, is that, is that correct? Do you think? Well, uh, there is that. And I think at the same time, the kind of coverage that we got with the Super Bowl event and running a story that how we were able to identify it, uh, somebody who then went on to test positive for COVID-19. I think that really helps. And uh, our uh, partner here in North America, Juiceworks, I mean, they really have uh, ramped up their uh, sales staff. So they have brought on some very seasoned sales executives who are targeting some strategic sectors. And at the same time, we are also ramping up internally in terms of boosting our sales efforts. So, uh, and looking at the, uh, the kind of traction that we are getting now, I think, uh, I mean, North America definitely is going to be a huge market for us. So you, you, you've got a two-pronged approach here in distribution. Yeah. Channel partners, which I think is critical for new technologies, right? Because if you yeah. just solely go direct sales force, it's just going to take too long and too much money to prove to you know, all these potential customers uh, what technology, yeah, it just takes too long. So I love the fact that you've, you've got that as a backstop, but you're also going partly direct sales force as well. So what kind of organizations you're going to be calling on. I'm not talking about, you don't have to give me specific names because that's obviously something you want to, but what kind of organizations are you guys be, going to be calling on? And are they focusing on North America or are they just focusing on global? So, I mean, our staff right now is focused on North America, but at the same time, we are also setting up off direct operations in India. And that's simply because the scale of opportunity we are talking about for our technologies. And I think one more point that I would like to make there is, and this is something we did uh, indicate a little bit in our corporate update, that we have signed a LOI with one of the largest uh, business consulting firms based out of North America. Um, and uh, their interest lies more so in selling our technologies all over North America. Yeah, but those business consulting firms, right? That's, that's what they do. They're, they're hired on by the biggest companies who then look to them for solutions. Yeah. Again, which makes it, you know, you could, you could have gone, if you had an opportunity to go direct to, to the business consultants clients, it would take you a year to get mm -hmm. even in the door yeah. with them. You know, they're calling up Georgecom saying, Hey, we've got something you need to take a look at and saying, send it right over. Mm. So then you guys, okay. Everything looks exciting. Product is great. It's got third party validation. You've got distribution channel set up. I, re, I would be remiss though if I didn't ask it because there's no company who's perfect. I don't care if you're Google, I don't care if you're the biggest bank, all companies have a challenge, right? Or they, 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 they continuously, especially in a company like yours where you guys are continuing to be growing, it's mm -hmm. technology. What are, what are a couple of the challenges that you guys are, you know, that, that you guys always have to make sure you have in the back of your mind? I think one of the biggest challenge tends to be at times we just assume that whoever we are speaking to on the other end completely understands artificial intelligence. And that's where it's like, at, I mean, many times I would say things are completely lost in translation. It's like we get out of a conversation thinking, okay, the other party did completely understand what we were talking about, but the reality is no, they didn't because they're not experts in AI. So I think one of the things that we are working on right now is more about streamlining our messaging to really get the word across. 
Because I think the other thing that has happened these days is the word AI has been thrown around by everyone. Everybody. And we don't want to be jumbled in that uh, AI bandwagon that, oh, everyone is doing AI. So what's so special about what you guys are doing? We are actually the first ones that are solving real world problems using AI. And that is something which was highlighted by one of our advisors, Mr. Kapil Ravel, who's also a director at Microsoft, and he has led their AI business development division. And look, same thing goes with investors, right? Uh, look, the reason why I'm so happy to, that, that we're working together with Predigmatics is that it is an amazing company, but uh, if you leave investors to their own devices, it's, it's not the easiest. The great thing about cutting edge disruptive technology is they open up brand new markets that pretty much didn't exist or they're addressing markets that are just coming into existence. So that's great. But the double-edged sword to that is it's not something people are familiar with, right? They're not familiar with these new products. They're not that's familiar right. with these new markets because they haven't really existed. So the same thing I think exists with, with, with investors too. So if you had to give investors both current and future, because you know a lot of people are going to be watching this today, tomorrow, next week, next month. You know what's the key takeaway for the investment community about how you differentiate on the AI side of things? So, um, I mean, I would just highlight it in a few points. First of all, disruptive technologies that have a real-world value. It's not an academic pursuit. These are technologies which are commercialized and are being commercialized. And they're addressing a market opportunity that could be worth potentially hundreds and billions of dollars. Uh, we are working with some of the largest names of our, in the, on the planet where our technology has been deployed. So as you said, we do have that third party validation. And talking about uh, the North American perspective, I mean, of course, we are working with McGill University. Uh, but at the same time, uh, the kind of traction and uh, what came out of the Super Bowl event was actually uh, quite massive, just considering the outcomes and at the same time, the kind of coverage we got. So uh, from a sales and business development perspective, that really helps. Safe to say, Raul, that this is a transformative year for Predictmetics. This is the year where you really, uh, your commercialization really kicks into another, an another gear. Yeah, 100%, absolutely. Can't wait to see what you guys are gonna, uh, what you guys are going to accomplish this year, uh, next year, and the next five years to come, because I'm a big believer that we need this kind of technology uh, for various applications. Uh, I, I and I got to tell you, I like the fact that uh, look for 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 virus detection, all that. It's great, but I like the fact that it's also going to uh, address impairment. I think that's mm -hmm. a bigger problem in society that sometimes take for granted, or it seems like we've given up on you know on detecting impairment what that does in the workplace what that does on the roads uh, in our in our lives but if you guys can make a, a dent there as well i think that that's exciting we didn't touch on the mental illness part we'll maybe save that for another time because yeah. you know, we could we consider talk about your company for an hour that's how exciting it is and you guys have proven it but uh i think we'll leave it there and uh i thank you for joining us today this was this was an amazing first interview together thanks george it was a pleasure for everybody at home, you've been watching, or if you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Google, or your favorite podcast platform, to Dr. Raul Kushwa. He's Chief Operating Officer and Director of Predict Medics. As you can see right in the screen there above his head, stock symbol PMED, PMED on the CSC for our friends in the US, PMEDF uh, on the OTCQB. And of course, there's the company's website right there as well. 
We know that these kind of disruptive technologies aren't always the easiest to understand, but I think with predict medics, it's a lot easier than most. Nonetheless, you got to do your due diligence. So here are the two things we recommend. First, get to Agoracom, get to the PMED hub, take a look at the profile. We've neatly and nicely laid it out for you there, what the company does, what they address, the problems they're solving, uh, third-party validation, the quote from the World, World, World Health Organization, others, so you could really get an understanding of this company because if artificial intelligence, guys, is going to be the future and applications like this are of, no doubt going to be the future, then use the link in the hub to go over the Predict Medics website as well. Uh, fantastic imagery that's there. I can't tell you how great that website is. Uh, it's, it's, you'd think that artificial intelligence, it would be really complicated. It's not, they've done a great job of telling the story there as well. Do due diligence. We can't tell you what to do, but what I can tell you is don't, don't, don't tell me 12 months from now that I didn't tell you. So, all right, have a great day. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.